child like that. Would you bow your head with me? Uh, Father, we just ask that you speak to us tonight. Roughly, from your word. The entrance into your word gives light. And that's the light of life. We believe our lives have been changed. As we hear your word in Jesus' name. Amen. Tonight I want to speak uh, on uh, growing up spiritually. Growing up spiritually. And I'd like you to turn to Ephesians chapter 4, verse 11 through 15. Yes, we'll have it on the screen. Ephesians chapter 4. Good. It says in the word, And he himself, that Jesus himself, gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, and some pastors and teachers, for the equipping of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, till we all come to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, to a perfect man, to the measure of the statue, stature of uh, the fullness of Christ, that we should no longer be children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the trickery of men in the cunning craftiness of deceitful plotting, but speaking the truth in love may grow up in all things into him who is the head is Christ we're talking about growing up spiritually and God has given to the church basically if God has given these gifts to the church these are people, men that God uses to help us grow so that tells us that God's desire for everyone that's born again is to grow up as a Christian. He wants us to grow up, so He's giving us all these ministry gifts. These are people with different gifts. He's giving us apostles, He's giving us prophets, evangelists. He's also giving us pastors and teachers. And He says, for the equipping of the saints, for the work of the ministry. So the ministry gift is, the gifts are really to equip the saints, and the saints do the work of the ministry. That's the duty of the saints. The ministry gift is to equip the saints, so that they, the saints can do the work of the ministry. So you've heard this before, you know, people say, well, we pay the pastor to get the people saved. And get... That's not the pastor's job. The pastor's job is part of the fivefold ministry to equip the saints, and the saints have to do their job. The pastor gets blessed for being faithful doing his job, if he's doing his job, but the saints is their responsibility to do their job. And the reason why God says the, uh, the, the pastors, the teachers, evangelists, apostles, all of this, uh, to bring the word, help them to get mature, to do the work of the ministry that two reasons first verse 13 
that we all may come to the unity of the faith. To the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God to a perfect man to the uh, measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. That's the first reason. You know, I was working on something at home and I know that God is really giving us so much in the church. But if you look at the church today and the church in Acts of the Apostles, I mean, you see a big difference from the way the believers conducted themselves. The things that were happening when the Holy Spirit came at the early church, there was one thing that was obvious in that early church. There was real unity, unity of faith. And God was doing, they were up to the measure of the stature of Christ, and you could see what, what happened. They say, if you read from the, the Gospels and you move into us, there is really no difference. It's like Jesus is still around, doing the same work. You saw that great unity. So we have to get to that stature of Christ. So that's the first thing. But the second reason is this, that we should no longer be children. That's verse 14. That we should no longer be children, tossed to and fro, and carried about with every wind of doctrine. When I read this scripture last week, I've, uh, I went through the scriptures to study in the scriptures. I was shocked, and I said it on Sunday. I was shocked that there are individuals. There's nothing happening. Please, I'm just going by scriptures. Like I haven't heard anything. I'm just going by scriptures, because I believe the scriptures. There are individuals that were coming into the church. They have a form of godliness. They deny the power thereof. And they are deliberately trying to deceive. That's what the scripture says. They are deliberately trying to deceive. They know what they're doing. It's not like they don't know. That's why we should watch. They know what they're doing. And they are deliberately deceiving the saints. And people are falling for it. Now it seems like people even listen to those people more. And they have so much power over these people's lives than the one who is trying to really bring the truth. I was in a church and two times it happened to me. I was really shocked. I was a new uh, evangelist traveling around. And uh, I was in this church. And uh, they, they, God did a lot of miracles that day. You know, I've shared this some of us, those of you that have been here for a while. God did a lot of miracles. We had somebody healed from heart disease. She came in for that purpose. She was sitting to my right, to the back, and I was speaking. She stayed while I was praying with people. And after everyone left, she says, I'm sorry, I, I didn't come up for prayer because while you were speaking, God healed me. And uh, I don't know how many, a lady with uh, colon cancer or so, colon, something with a colon, and they told her she couldn't eat um, Things like tomato and anything vegetable. And I prayed with her. She said, I felt something. And I told her, now, go home. Don't overdo it because your mind will play games with you. Just take a little bit of tomato and increase the volume. And that's exactly what she did. And she had, and she was increasing the volume. She came in no, nothing. She was fine. And then that was a great miracle. Another miracle that happened that day was real unusual. I think pastor really knows what he's doing. 
I was, this lady came up to me and uh, she was crying. She says, my daughter is completely deaf, deaf, fully deaf in one ear and the other ear almost completely deaf. And she was crying. I, I really, I can't stand people crying. That's just me around me. <laughs> I just cannot handle ladies crying. Uh, is a pain for me. So I quickly told that lady, please stop crying. God will take care of this quickly, okay? I don't want to see you crying. And I, there was an unusual miracle because I put my fingers and I was praying for this girl and I was really intense praying and I was yelling and praying. I yell sometimes. I feel the devil is dull of hearing, you know. <laughs> so I was screaming and praying for the ears to be open. And this little girl kept saying, Sir, you can stop praying now. I, I can hear you. <laughs> and she was begging me to quit. So finally, I said, Okay, the guy who really knows what he's doing, now will quit. But the amazing thing was the pastor. He was promoting this miracle so much. He begged me to stay more. I told him, I have to go back to Nigeria, Africa, to hold this crusade. And uh, I don't know how long I could stay. He says, can you stay for the week? No, I can't do that. Can you stay for a few more days? I said, fine. And then he'll promote the miracles and say, can you believe? You stand up over there. Tell what God did for you. And they'll stand up. They have, they have this thing, you know, among ministers, preachers. The best time to take offering, you know when? <laughs> After there's been a miracle. They said, the ministers know that. Take an offering after a great miracle. And if you have a, a words of prophecy and all of that is real accurate, people are excited, let's take up an offering. I didn't know what I was new, you know, to this thing. And he'll just tell them, this dude, tell us what happened, tell us what happened. And they'll take the offering, you know. And he'll tell them, my friend is laughing. Every penny is going to go to Brother Goodluck. He's going to Africa to hold his crusade. And I was counting the, the thousands, you know. <laughs> the money was coming. God has really met my needs. Oh, God, thank you, Lord. Finally, I got the money to hold the crusades in Africa. And then the next day, he, said, he came so excited. Oh, Brother Goodluck, you won't believe this. I said, what? He says, Two former millionaires. I don't know how former they were, but they were millionaires, you know. He said, two former millionaires. I've heard about the miracles, and they're in church today. He was so excited that night, and he was telling them, you stand up over there. What, what did God do for you? And these guys were so excited. They would stand up and tell their miracles and everything. God, I can remember everything. And then he would take an offering. Then something strange happened. Two ladies pulled me aside. And said, has Pastor told you how much he's been coming? I said, no. He said, well, we want you to come to our home tonight and spend some time with us. I said, I don't know if I can do that. You know, I'm under Pastor's authority and he wants me to stay uh, with him in the parsonage. So, uh, I, I don't know if I can do that. Ask him. If he says, okay, I'm going with you. So they went and asked Pastor and Pastor said, Okay. I went to their home and these ladies were busy and the full family talking back and forth, you know, running outside. I sat at the table wondering, what's going on, you know? Somebody tell me, why are they talking behind? What's going on? And then they finally said, Brother Goodluck, has Pastor, has he told you anything about the money? Is he giving you any check? I said, no. He said, well, we, we, we refuse to put an offering in. 
I said, well, praise the Lord, you didn't give. <laughs> they said, well, because we know pastor may not give you the money. He's taking the offering, but he's not going to give it to you. My heart sank. <laughs> I was shocked. They knew that their pastor was going to do that. Can you imagine? But they were still in church. Strange. People deliberately, we can't be tossed to and fro. There are people out there doing these things. And when they talk, it's like they're so annoying. You have to really watch. You have to really watch. I was shocked and I said, okay, so they gave me their check. And I went back and I knew the pastor would not tell me anything about what had come in. Till the last day of the meeting and he had to take me to the airport. I had changed my ticket. I paid for my way there. For those nights of services and all the services, you know how much he gave me? I'll tell you. A little over $300. Think about my ticket that I paid for. He said, brother, good luck. When you, when you come back from Africa, we'll bring you in. But every time, he took an offering several times, he'll tell them, every penny is going with him to Africa. Even that. And guess what? A few weeks later, I was in another church, the same thing happened. The same thing happened. It was a lady that pulled me aside, and exactly the same happened. Now, I wasn't concerned about the money. I was concerned about me. <laughs> I was saying, oh God, is this what happens to a minister? After you become a minister, you forget that you are a Christian and you don't live right anymore and can deliberately do these things and your members know about it and they're still there. Amazing. Amazing. That's why the Bible says we shouldn't be children. Be taught. Know the word. Don't be taught. This is about heaven. I, I forgot about the money. I was concerned about me. God, don't ever let me get that way, ever. I didn't know I was going to be a pastor, but I was praying very hard, God, don't ever let me be that way. And, and if I remember here, she'll tell you, when we take an offering here, we add more. There's not been one time, I, can, I don't recall, where we've taken, taken an offering here and we haven't added a few hundred dollars to it. At least a hundred dollars to it. You know why I do that? I want to be free from that trouble. Don't want to go there. Because there are people out there. They have church, good sized churches doing these things. Deceiving people. And people are falling for it because they don't know the word. We have to be taught. To get to maturity, we have to grow up. You have to grow up. There, you have no choice about this. Your life is at stake. You have to grow up. That's why I was saying on Sunday, you need to hear the word a whole lot. You need to grow up. You need, because it's through hearing the word that you grow up in Christ. This is a spiritual thing. After you are born again, you have to grow up. The Bible says, man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. That means when you are born, you have to grow up. And if you don't have the word, you're going to remain a baby. And if you are a baby, guess what's going to happen? According to this scripture, you certainly will be tossed to and fro every wind of doctrine. You, have, you can't help yourself. Children can't help themselves, right? The children. 
They are children. You cannot help it. You will be tossed to and fro. It doesn't matter what you, how you feel about your life. You are going to be caught in it. You know, I told somebody, you know, about David Koresh. There were people who were well educated there. And Jim Jones. And they were possibly doctors. <laughs> you see, you can't be smarter than a demon, okay? They've been around for many, many years. Okay? They know everything. Not as much as God, but they know a lot. They've been around. So this is a spiritual thing. So he behooves every believer to really strive hard to grow up. So you are not tossed to and fro with every wind of doctrine. Whatever sounds good, you know, it's like a fad. You run after it for a while and then they run back again. You have to be steady where you know your God. And that comes only through this fivefold ministry in our lives. God is giving us, giving that to us. 14 again, verse 14. That we should no longer be children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the trickery of men. So we need to grow up. First Peter chapter 2 verse 1 and 2 tells us, Therefore lay aside all malice. This is so important. Lay aside all malice, all deceit, hypocrisy, envy, and all evil speaking, as newborn babes desire the pure milk of the word, that you may grow thereby. So there is something to move away from as a newborn babe before you can really start receiving the milk. It's hard to receive milk when all these other things are in your life. You're sick. Sick children don't eat. This is the truth. So he says to lay aside all malice. There are Christians that have malice. <laughs> they just have bad things in their heart about what people have done to them in the past. And sometimes in the church you got that. And you see people who don't want to talk to that fellow. And just, that's crazy. All malice, all deceit, hypocrisy, envy, and evil speaking. You know, there is, there is in the church, uh, I think, uh, Tim Charlie emailed something to me. Uh, and I mentioned it briefly on, on Sunday uh, about Jesus warned, he gave this warning. He says, Beware of the um, living of the Pharisee. And of the erosion. Right? I really understood what Pharisee is. I mean, all of us know that, right? What about the Herodians? Do you know what that is? That's so important. And I see that so much in the church. I never have labeled, labeled it. You know what Herod did? Herod was the king. Right? And he was going to protect his position regardless. He was going to protect his position. He was religious, right? He, had, he, he knew the scriptures. 
he surrounded himself with scribes, right? <laughs> and the priests and all of that. And he asked them, you know, when, where, 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 when is, where is the Messiah going to be born? Where? And they thought, they were thinking, hey, the king is interested in spiritual things. He's interested in spiritual things. So they'll tell him, oh, Bethlehem. Man, did you, can you believe that? The king was asking about where the Messiah will be born. And then he said to the uh, wise men, you go worship the king, come back, bring me words. I want to worship the king as well. Or oh, he didn't mean it. All he was trying to do is protect his position. And you see that happening a lot in the church. People just, I mean, it's a big fight. Struggle for control. It's a very tough thing in the church. People really fight. It is envy, put down, bad words, just for control. It's unnecessary. If you get this, you're still a baby. You're still a baby. You're still a baby, really. That's the way it is. It's an amazing you have to be a pastor to see this. It's frightening. It's really frightening. Because sometimes people will actually stand in the way and never even allow the work, work to go forth because I don't want anybody to take my position. That's true. That's why you have to tell yourself, and I tell myself, I have nothing to prove. You know, if you have wisdom from God, it says the wisdom from God is first peaceable, it's pure, easy to yield. You yield. If that's God walking through you, you yield, even if it's God. Remember the scripture where it says in First Corinthians 14, right, a little bit hard, but these things are true. First Corinthians 14, it says, if one is prophesying and you realize that another one has a word to say, prophet, you be quiet and let the other person prophesy. Right? Give room. Give room. It's not about you. It's about him. That's where people miss it. It's not about you. It's about him. There is no need to be jealous of another brother. There is no need to have envy. If you're promoted, I'm promoted. We are all in the same team. Once you allow that come into your heart, you, before long, sometimes we're not even aware something is going on. You can't really feed from the word this envy. You can't feed from the word when you got these things in your life. You got malice. You have unforgiveness and all of those things. That's why the people get sick spiritually. Not only spiritually, but Physically as well. The babies. We can't go there. We can't go there. And that's not your lot in the name of Jesus. That is not your lot. We have to grow away from that. You have to really have... You see, if you, if you put all of those things aside... And Christ is the only person in your life that matters. Everything is secondary. Then you got the milk. But if you won't be on the milk for too long. You will start going to the meat. Because you have nothing to prove to anybody. It, I can't finish this message tonight, but I talked about, I, I'll continue next week, but I'll give you this. There are three types of men. Oh, man, man, 
We have the natural man. And you have the carnal man. And then you have the spiritual man. The three of us. The natural man is the one that is unsaved. He doesn't understand the things of God. cannot even receive the things of God. He doesn't want to hear it. He's stupid. It's foolishness to him. That's the natural man. And then we have the corner man. And the other one, he's not been born again. Then we have the corner man. That's the guy that has been born again, but he's just going by his senses. He's, he's ruled by his senses. He won't walk in faith, by faith. Or if he can see it, he can feel it, he doesn't exist. So he laugh at it. But let me tell you this. If you don't grow up, you see, you don't give responsibility to, somebody, to babies. You don't give responsibilities to children. That's the truth. Why would God give you a great gift when you're still a baby? I mean, I know how my kids are at home. I tell uh, my son, do this. Take this out. And there's something else to do to complete it. But his, his mind is all over the place. I have to call him a second time. Didn't I tell you to? <laughs> He's a child. There are certain things that God will not do through you because you refuse to grow up. The ability to grow up is available. You just don't want to. You have to find a way. Everything, He's given us all of this. And the purpose is to grow up, to become mature. And you just make up your mind, I'm not going to be a baby anymore. I'm going to grow up. And God will take you from there. And He'll remind you. Do you remember you told me you're not going to be a baby anymore? Let, let's go on now. He does that. If you tell Him that and you're sincere from the heart, from the heart He'll tell you that. You remember what you said to me. He'll remind you. There are certain things that God cannot do through you, that He can do in you and through you because you refuse to grow up. You won't make a 12-year-old kid, even if he's a genius, nobody's going to vote for him to be President of the United States, right? But no one's going to vote for that 12-year-old kid. No. And he'll show you you can't vote for him because you give him a pen and he'll start writing on the wall doing something. He's a silly kid, baby. He can be president. So that's not possible. I'm going to close with this and continue from here next time. First Corinthians 3, 1 and 2. It says, And I, brethren, could not speak to you as to spiritual people, but as to Kana, Kana uh, as to babes in Christ, I fed you with milk and not with solid food. For until now you were not able to receive it. And even now you are still not able. I don't think uh, it's a uh, number of years you've been in the church that determines whether you are mature or not. And it's not really the number of scriptures you've memorized and know to, to quote that makes you a mature Christian. It really has to do with understanding. 
of those scriptures because it's the word that will change your life. That's why Paul said in Ephesians chapter 1 that God will give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Him. Not in the reading the scriptures. He has to give you His spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Him so we can grow, so we know who we are in Him and His inheritance in us. And the power that is available, that is at work in our lives. Ephesians 3 verse 20 says it's according to the power that is at work in us. But we really need to grow up. Um, I may be talking to the wrong crowd tonight. (laughs) But really that's, that's what we should desire to be. To gain understanding, cry after it, to cry after knowledge, and refuse to be a baby, because I don't see any baby in Christ here to, right now. And if you've been saved for a long time and you're still very confused, something is not right. Something is not right. If you claim to have been saved for a very long time, but you still have serious fears and concern and misunderstanding, Something is not right. You're still a baby. And that's not a bad place to be. (laughs) Just be a baby that's willing to eat. To grow. And mature. And you can come off it. Thanks, David. (laughs) Would you stand up with me? I'm going for (laughs) that. Thing. I, I, can't, I can't actually minister something that I haven't been through. It won't be from my heart. It should be something that you read somewhere and then you want to work with it. But one thing I did some years back, because I struggled with, you know, what people thought, you know. What were they thinking about me? If I minister, what are they thinking? If I do this, what are they thinking? Did I walk right when I walked in church? You know, were they looking at me? And all of that, what do they think of me? I finally had to break off from that bondage. I started saying to myself, I have nothing to prove to anybody. I can afford to be myself. I'm free, truly free. I feel the freedom, I feel the freedom in there. I have to use my wisdom. I know when to avoid something, to avoid this situation, avoid this type of person. I can do all of those I not feel. Just use the wisdom God has given me. But this one thing I'm clear. I have nothing to prove to anybody. If you bring Billy Graham here, I'll still be talking just like I'm talking. doesn't matter. I have nothing to prove to him. He's just a brother. Amen. If he doesn't like what I've said, he, I could learn from him you know, after when I'm through. Amen. That's it. I have nothing to prove to anybody. So you have to say to yourself and to the Lord, I got nothing to prove. So you're not in envy. No jealousy. I had to go to some of that scripture which will go, whenever that's in your heart, there's going to be a lot of wickedness coming out. It's going to be a lot of wickedness and we don't want to get there. Amen. 
We are fasting, so we need to clear ourselves up and be ready for the great abundance that God is going to bring into our lives. But we won't be ready for it until we are mature, ready to go, to take the world. It's not abundance so that we can have enough to buy whatever. When I think about the abundance, I'm thinking about planting churches all over the world. And we can do that. We can do that. We can plant churches all over the world and send people from our congregation. Go and pastor them for two weeks and come back. Send another couple. Go back there and pastor them for another two weeks. Stay with the local pastor. Encourage the local pastor. We'll pay your way there. Amen. Take care of you. We'll pay your way there. Make sure you're happy. Put you in a nice hotel. Even rent a car for you to run around. If you can drive in England, they drive on the left side of the road, okay? <laughs> they do everything backward. I'm not kidding. <laughs> but that's, that's, that's my desire. And, and, and by the grace of God, I'll see that happen. God will do it for us. Those who are free to go, you have vacation, you want to have fun, ministering and winning souls, giving birth to babies for Christ, we'll send you off and pay your way off. And God is going to give us the abundance. That's the purpose. That's what we want. Father, in Jesus' name, we thank you. We'll write the vision down. Lord, we will make it clear. And you will answer from heaven. You will fulfill it. Lord, I thank you. We are no longer babies. Can you say that with me? I'm no longer a baby. I'm a child of God. I'm an adult in Christ. I'm ready for strong meat. Thank you, Father. Amen. God bless you.